Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. We got quite a bit of news that's, I directly think that you're going to love the news today, not because it's good news, but because it's news when we haven't had significant news that's on the ground level, by which I mean, everybody knows that Bitcoin's been having some issues and it's somewhat on a recovery. And I got a little bit on that one, but we also know that the governments are trying to get in people's business. I got a little bit on that one, but before I get into all that, I want to cover a couple of things from some older tokens, starting with Satama. There are reports that Cytomask is at a point where people are able to use it. This cannot be confirmed by this reporter. I'm not able to make the tool. It doesn't allow me to log in so I can run it, but it doesn't allow me to log in. I'm pretty sure I know the reason why it's because the way they implemented two factor is fundamentally broken. So if there ever was a point where a code didn't work, so you try to log in, the code doesn't work. The, their backend server is not generating a new code. Well, the problem is if it never generates a new code, the code will never pass. And that's the point I'm at. Some other people are getting the immediate, what I call insta-close. I was able to replicate that on a device with less graphical memory. So I believe that's more graphical in nature. That means they could fix it. They're just choosing not to. They're reacting to the reports of people. They're saying, yeah, man, I'm swapping. I can't see the coin. Deep, deep, deep. They're reacting to them because that's what they want. They want the positive news and they're just running with it. So my summation, as I said, is I'm still not going to recommend the tool. If you want to do it, please, by all means. But I'm not going to recommend it because they should be able to make that thing work on predominantly all devices. I can run on these lesser devices. I can run Twitter. I can run Facebook. I can run everything else. That's the bar. If you can't meet that bar, to me, it's not worth the recommendation. And then, of course, the security issues that I mentioned. However, as I said, if you feel it works for you, please, by all means. So that's enough about Satama. I'm not going to do heavy coverage on it um, outside of the other point that came up, which was that there were some whales that dumped a significant amount of Satama just prior to this, which also gives bad signs for the future, because if we're seeing that there are that many whales still left in the thing, that means it's going to have a hard time on the path to recovery. It should have dropped by now. We should have been dropped a third zero like that at the velocity it was at in like October. There's no reason it should not have been three zeros down by now. Is it able to get there? It's still possible, but I, I struggle to see with that many whales still in there influencing it. And it also seems that Shinja has some whales that are also bouncing money between shit. They're basically profit bouncing between Shinja and Satama and a few other projects. We're seeing the numbers move. So that doesn't bode well. Uh, Shinja, on a quick note, they're releasing a stable coin, which I think is a bad decision. I've said before that I don't really think too much of their team because they're not really communicating the way I think they should. They're reminding me now that because of what happened with Cytomask and Shinja, I think that the, the Shibnobi team is turning to another copy as far as the devs of Satama, and that's a bad thing to do. They're basically doing a Me Too copy, and they're going to make the same mistakes, and it's going to harm the sentiment of the project. And then, of course, it increases toxicity. And now the irony is that the SHIB community's toxicity has decreased significantly, and everybody else's is going up. So we are seeing the same money move in different places. We're seeing the same people on the AMAs, and I don't think it's good for the, the business of cryptocurrency overall. I think everybody gets harmed by it. I don't know what the solution is to that problem. But let's talk about some news. We got a couple things that were in flight. The first, I think, was very important. There's some malware out there. And if you don't know what malware is, malware is any software that's designed to do bad things on your device, whether it's a phone or it's a computer, doesn't or tablet, doesn't matter. It's that's the simple definition. It's software that's designed to do some, something bad. 
what is something bad, it either means that they're trying to steal from you, trying to harm the device, like shut it down or do something that is bad. That's the summary, and I want to keep it simple. Well, there's a new malware. It's targeting a lot of cryptocurrency wallets, and I want to make sure that you are aware that this is out there so you can hopefully try to stay safe. I'll do the best I can to make some recommendations. However, I don't have a comprehensive list of all of the wallets affected. The ones I can call out specifically are MetaMask, as always, uh, the Binance Chain wallet, which is different than Trust Wallet. Let's just be clear. It's a different wallet. And then the Coinbase wallet. And you've heard me talk about Coinbase wallet, and I think it's been crap. You've heard me call out MetaMask. I think it's been crap. Yes, they're crap. This is partly why. Uh, another one that's called out Nifty wallet. I've never heard of it. Ronin wallet, never heard of it. Tron Link, I'm aware of. Tron Link is necessary if you're trying to transact on the Tron network. You have to use that wallet. It looks like what they did is they picked any of these wallets that have a Chrome-based extension. So like with MetaMask, the main way people use it is they'll put in an extension in their browser, right? And then they'll use that to transact cryptocurrency. And then those are vulnerable to the hack. Well, I called out the Opera built-in. It has a built-in crypto wallet now, if you didn't know this. And I called that out and I thought it was cool, but I've always been, I've never used, actively used these types of um, extension-based wallets because it defeats the purpose of the security because it's not separate from everything else. If it can hit your browser, it can hit anything. And extensions have increasingly been getting attacked by the baddies out there. So if you're using those extension-based wallets, you're going to be most affected, but it also affects Coinbase wallet. And to my knowledge, it doesn't have an extension-based wallet. So I think what it's doing, what they're really doing is they're saying, as far as the, the, the breach, what they're doing is they're targeting a specific protocol of security. And because that protocol has a vulnerability, it means anybody that uses those where there's a, where there's an access to a browser, right, is going to be potentially impacted. So keep yourself safe. Make sure that you're not, you know, again, ideally keep your deal, you know, on a separate device away from computers and browsers. Don't link it to the browser if you can avoid it. And you're like, well, how do I connect it to swaps and exchanges? You can usually do that from within the wallet. But the problem is, is that with some of these, like Coinbase Wallet, for example, you can go to the browser inside of it, but Coinbase Wallet is just as impacted. And do I think this is a big deal? Yes, because it does mean that you could be at risk and not really know it. Um, there's a couple other wallets that I want to call out that I think are important to know. Um, Atomic Wallet. Atomic Wallet is one that I have used. It holds, at this point, a very unimportant type of crypto. I don't really care about it. Uh, Exodus Wallet, I've heard of, never used. Uh, Multidoge, Jax, Coinomi. I know some people use that internationally. Electron Cash. If you're curious to know anything about this, just do a search for what's called Mars Stealer. That's the name of the malware, and you'll get some hits and some news about what Mars Stealer is doing. And then they have samples of the code, and it gives you a list of the, the different wallets that are impacted. Now, again, it does seem like most of these wallets, there's a lot of them on the list, um, but it seems like most of these wallets are more affected if they're directly touching the browser. It seems like that's the real strong pattern. So like with Atomic, you don't have to connect it to a browser. It doesn't have a browser inside it. You don't have to connect it at all. It's, it can be online, offline if you want to. So I've never used it online, thus I'm not concerned about it. The one I would be concerned about would be Coinbase Wallet because I was using it at some point, but I stopped because I think it's crap. Uh, another one I'm slightly concerned about is Guarda. 
Guarda is one that I have intermittently used, but I've never used it on the browser side. So I think I'm okay there. So that's kind of the thought process. Do the search for it. It's called Mars Steeler. There's going to be some links to some information. Don't freak out about what you see. Again, the real risk vector here is the connection to a browser. So if you if you know that in your it'd be Chrome or your Edge and you put it, you installed it like the MetaMask extension, that's going to be the most common one I can tell you. If you've installed that guy, you are technically at risk. What I would recommend for you then as a, as a call to action is if you're going to use MetaMask and you want to keep using MetaMask, it's your right to do so. Make sure it's only on your device like your phone or your tablet. Don't do it in the, in the computer or on the browser. I know it's convenient. However, it's been breached quite a few times and I wouldn't want to see something you know get taken from you um, because malware is a very... Sometimes you don't know it happened. Sometimes you don't know that something has, has occurred. And this, because of the way the technology works, I don't know that they could really even patch it because it may be just the inherent way that the extension interacts with the browser and there may be nothing that they can all do. Could be just the technology itself. Who knows? So keep yourself safe. Just be aware that's out there. Um, we think it's a concerning thing, but it is, it, it's, it's a thing. So to be aware of. Second, um, Ethereum. There is a rumor that the Ethereum fees have been on a downtrend, and we're seeing that the, we're saying fees, we're talking about gas fees. We're talking about decline in the amount of gas necessary to do transactions. We don't know if this is really an effect off the ETH2 changes, or if it's just simply less people using the network, because we know we saw declines of transactions on Ethereum and Bitcoin, the pricing there. However, people think that there's all of the different use cases where they're being built up on the second layer is offloading some of the load. And this may be over technical, but think of it this way. When you have a freeway, right? You have a master freeway, your main freeway. The more that we can build parallel freeways to that main freeway to get to the same destination, it offloads and load balances is what they refer to. So in San Diego, to give you an example, you have the 15 freeway, the 805, and the 5, and they're all parallel. And theoretically, you can get to pretty much anywhere from any of those three with slight exception. You do have to take um, certain uh, perpendicular freeways like the 54. But generally speaking, you can get, so like for example, if I needed to get to Carmel Mountain Ranch, I can get there. Normally, I'm going to be taking the 15, but I could take the 805 to go north from the south and then junction over to the 15 and get there or i could take 805 take one of the perpendicular freeways and then head north on city streets like there's multiple ways to get to the destination so think of it that way as parallel freeways that are offloading traffic flow the level twos were trying to do that and they believe that might be a reason why we're able to now offload some of the gas work from the main ethereum using the level two well if that's the case that it is truly the level twos that are causing that it could theoretically mean that either irrespective of or inclusive of ETH2O, we are going to see a future where gas is no longer the burden that it is on everybody else. That's a good thing because it increases adoption the less gas that you're consuming. The downside is if it's wrong and it's not the case and it's just a temporary blip because volume overall is down, it means we could start seeing spikes back in the gas at some point later if ETH doesn't do what it's promised to do or it doesn't launch on time. So we're going to have to watch out for that, see what the heck happens. Shiba Inu. 
I talked about on repeated basis, and some people didn't believe me, but I talked about the fact that the current administration, the current, and it's not about Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. I'm saying the current administration that's in office is anti-crypto, patently anti-crypto, does not want crypto. They don't like it because they don't want self-sufficiency in the United States. We recently had a Republican state senator come out and was speaking positive about Shiba Inu and the community of Shiba Inu, and she was very inspired by the Shiba Inu community. And I, like I said earlier in the episode, it seems like a lot of the toxicity that was there, it, there's still toxicity, but it's nowhere near where it hit a fever pitch when the price was moving. The Shiba community seems like they've, many of those toxic folks have either left the community or they've stopped talking. Either way, it's a good thing. But when you have a state senator come out in positive mention, like the New York mayor, same thing, and we're seeing positive mentions around SHIB, we think that that's going to be good for crypto overall if we can get the right people back in office, right? Again, it's not about Democrat or Republican. That has nothing to do with it. All it is is we want to make sure people are in office that support the things that we believe are the right answer. And in this case, she just so happens to be a Republican and she happens to be somebody that has in the past supported President, former President Trump. That has nothing to do with it. It's, again, getting the right people in the office that support the agenda that we want, which is crypto adoption. So this is a step one. Well, this person gets attacked, right? Because there are people who are all Bitcoin, 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 deep, deep, deep. And that's all they care about. I said it before. These high-level traders, they don't believe in the altcoins and the lesser coins and anything else. They don't believe in it. So they'll attack anybody who is doing anything other than what they think is mainstream if you were to go to Reddit, the cryptocurrency community is like that. Any crypto that's less than a dollar they think is a scam. That's not realistic. The truth is all crypto matters. I don't want to use the term, but that's what it is. They all matter, and they all have value to somebody, and it doesn't matter if it doesn't have value to you. You just don't buy it. But we've had people literally attack this state senator because she made the statement where she's just simply supporting SHIB, and she's supporting SHIB because she's praising the community. She thinks the community is... She's inspired by it. She doesn't see a lot of the toxicity. And again, I said it before, when you have toxicity in a community, you are creating, you're causing resistance to embracing cryptocurrency because people look at it and they say, we don't want to be aligned with that. We don't want to be aligned with toxic communities and toxic people and people who are going to bring everybody else down and do all this garbage. So I think her messaging should be taken as inspiration not criticized because what she's doing is she's saying, you guys have a great community. We like what you're doing. We like that you're speaking positive and you support your project and you're vocal and you're adamant that this can be successful and it can play a part in society. And we should not be doing what this idiot did, who's basically attacking her simply because she made a statement. There were some responses from some very notable people that were talking about, you know, she just like the, F, the Federal Reserve. They just print money. No, that's not true. What the heck are you talking about? SHIB does not print money. SHIB has a constrained inventory. SHIB doesn't have mint capability. SHIB is constrained. It, it's, a, it's the polar opposite of what they're doing in the Federal Reserve. Its inventory is too dang high. That's true. But no, it doesn't print money. And yes, there is a cap. Bitcoin doesn't have a cap. It, do, it has a cap, right? So it's finite. But it also started with a smaller inventory. So then the state center is responding, saying basically, you know, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. The debt's way over that. So you're way higher than what Bitcoin's potential is. So what she's saying, which I don't agree with, to be clear, 
What she's saying is that if you look at the total national debt, the total national debt's $30 trillion and it's climbing. It's not getting any smaller. But there's only over 21 million Bitcoin. Well, what does that mean? That means that it's, its price movement is significant, but it's at some point going to price out anybody who doesn't hold it today, right? If you don't hold it today, you're going to be priced out because the amount of debt is significantly high. So because of the constrained inventory. So she's really talking about the fact that SHIB has this opportunity to help solve the problem. I disagree with her because it's actually, the, it's actually not true that SHIB is any better than Bitcoin for that reason. If she wanted to make a draw parallel, it would have been Doge. Doge is a fork, essentially, of Bitcoin. Under the hood, they are fundamentally the same. The difference is that Bitcoin was a first starter. It was first out the gate. And if you think about the perception of value, only thing Bitcoin appeals to is the fact that it was first. Let's be honest. It doesn't really do anything other than financial transaction. The moment we equated Bitcoin to fiat was the start of its downfall and the cause of the rise of altcoins. I just got a schedule confirmation where I'm going to be talking to somebody hopefully this Monday about Bitcoin a little bit more in depth. And I want to get his thoughts because he's he's right there. So I would, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Hopefully that goes off as scheduled. We tried before and things happened and we had to reschedule. So hopefully this Monday goes forward because we're right at that point of having this conversation about Bitcoin. But my point is when you have state senators who are trying to embrace this and they're trying to be receptive of it and you got mayors and everybody else saying, look, this is what it is. To me, this is, this is what we want. There's a bunch of salty people that are just chewing them out, chewing her out for saying her opinion, which is not the way we should be. But let's hope that it's, it bodes well for more and we can embrace more. And we don't start saying what it seems like people want to do, which is Bitcoin do, 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 when Bitcoin hasn't proven to be the real answer. Bitcoin today has priced out the low-level trader. Let's be honest. Yes, you can buy Satoshis of it. That's not the point. The point is you can't hold one coin unless you already had some wealth going in. That's a barrier of entry. All these altcoins, not even just ship, all these altcoins have created a door for people to invest at, at different levels and create a diverse portfolio that is not just fixated on the latest gold. It is, you can invest on low market cap, high market cap, passive rewards. You can do farming. You can do all these things. Bitcoin doesn't do any of that. Bitcoin doesn't do come close to that. Bitcoin has to rely on exchanges, central exchanges to support it. If it didn't have central exchanges in the play, it wouldn't be a thing today. So I'm not trashing Bitcoin as is. I'm saying that her messaging and her opinion is her right to have it. And I applaud her for having it because it means there's some someone up, up the tier that gets that cryptocurrency in general can benefit us. And she's praising a community for being supportive of the crypto and getting it to the level of success that it did achieve. And that should be celebrated, not castrated, in my personal opinion. The last update, and this one mostly affects you, well, totally except the United States, but I think other countries would have the same thing. So, well, not last news, but it's the last important news. So Texas, a state, United States, they're talking about the Bitcoin mining, and we talked about the fact that Bitcoin mining, they've moved because of what happened in Kazakhstan and other places. They're basically migrating to places like North Dakota, Texas, and others where there's demand for it because of the decline of fracking, because of the laws that the administration have been passing to ban fracking and ban Keystone and all this, they said, okay, well, we'll get on board with this Bitcoin mining thing. Why not? Sure. 
Whereas the federal government's proof of work, doot, 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 energy uses, doot, doot, doot. These states are like, no, this is a source of income. It's a source of revenue that we need because you're not going to take care of us. Texas governor says, you know what? If you're mining Bitcoin, let's help <laughs> help us out here a little bit here, folks. You know, because I don't know if you followed um, what happened a little while ago. That Texas had an issue where they were completely out of power for a long period of time because the grid couldn't handle it. And I'm not saying there was a direct correlation to crypto mining, simply that it was, they weren't ready. Texas kind of went in with the wind farms and the solar and everything else. And this was in February of 2021. And so they had gone all in and they had tried to lessen their reliance on fossil fuels. Of course, Texas is a mecca for oil, as we know, but they had tried to lessen their reliance on it and kind of get a blend well, the problem is that when this happened, the grid basically failed. And when the grid failed, millions were out power and it went for days. And a lot of people died because it was cold. It was, it was freezing cold. So all of this, basically they come to an agreement and said, you know what, if we find to a thing, find that this thing is causing a disruption to the grid, we'll agree to shut off our mining operations. So now that, you know, winter would come through and basically create this kind of recurrent need that we don't want to repeat because we're coming up, we're in February now. So they're, they're anticipating basically their winter is a little bit shifted. They want to make sure that we can just shut down, hold off a little bit till we get past this thing. So we don't have the same thing happen as last year. So the irony of this, of course, is the, you know, Bitcoin mining. We've talked about that. They detected that the Bitcoin mining in general was not using a significant amount of energy right? That it's, it's actually well within thresholds, but apparently there was enough being used that it was able to at least impact the grid stability out in Texas. And so now you start to question, is it true that Bitcoin mining in general is not using a lot of energy or is it that at certain regions have figured out a way to mine it in an energy efficient manner? We haven't solved that question yet. So far, all we know is that there's a theory around places like Kosovo, uh, Iceland, Kazakhstan, where energy mining is not going to work. We're just not going to do this, cut it off, we're not doing it. But there's this other side that says, no, it's energy efficient. So we don't really have an answer is what I'm saying. And that means that government's going to try to get involved and we don't want that. We definitely do not want that to happen. So hopefully we'll get to a point where we can solve the problem, solve the answer to the question, know for a fact exactly what the heck's going on here. So that we can, you know, decide one way or the other. It either is energy efficient or it is. We know there's an impact, but how much impact and what does that mean? Because we can't support the whole thing if we don't have mining. It's not going to work if we don't have mining. Mining's got to be there. We know this to be true. So what is the solution? Nobody really knows at this point what that's going to look like. Uh, and then the last thing, this is why I said two, but the last thing, real fast, quick, um, there the upgrade for ETH2. Um, there were some smooth transactions going there. And so it looks like it's in process. It's no longer being delayed. As far as I can tell, we don't have a, we don't have a deadline. We don't have a hard fast as far as I can see that we're going to be completely finished, but it looks like it's actually making progress and moving forward. That's all, always a good thing uh, to see. All right. So that's enough of the news. Let me quickly circle back. I talked about Satama earlier. I'm not talking about them anymore, but let me circle back on some of the other ones because I've gotten some feedback um, there's the coverage on liberal financial is right now the top episode across the entire podcast because I was one of the first to cover it. 
However, I got some feedback on that one. I also got some feedback on Drip. And the feedback on Drip was not unexpected. I did expect to get that kind of flack. However, I didn't expect people to be so adamant about their stance. And I want to address that right here, right now. First, let's talk about Libero Financial and just give you a status update. I have, since it launched, which is a couple days ago, it has performed the way that they said it would perform. I've been able to take profits from it. The sell fees are very low. And I want to clarify a couple of points people didn't understand. Because what's happening is people are talking about Titano, which is a different but yet similar. See, Libero was forked from Titano, so they're similar in what it does. The problem is Libero has many mechanics added to it that were not in place on Titano. So you can't draw them to be the exact same thing. They're not the same thing. They are completely unique. You've got to say, no, here's what it is. This Do this, 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 this. This is what's there. This is what's missing. da, 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 da. That's, that's important, and I don't think people understand it. I really don't. But the truth is, in Libero, what I said in my episode, they've tried to solve the problem of a loss of value over time. That's the important takeaway of it. It has nothing to do, or less to do, I should say, with whether you make money or not. That's only one aspect, right? It's the burn mechanic that's built into it, transactional burn mechanic that they have, the the way that they're doing the rebasing, where it's trying to be a positive rebasing, the fact that it has the anti-will that appears to be working clean, and the fact that the graph continually goes up and positive, and the fact that you're, it doesn't even matter how many tokens you hold, it's basically your stake, and your stake is whatever it is. It is continually grown. And then the, the rewards that get added to your wallet, in addition to the positive rebase together, seems to have solved that problem of general rebase tokens, which is that they lose value. So these mechanics, many of these mechanics are nowhere, can't be touched by anybody else. Titano doesn't come close to it. it do, that's why they're able to offer a higher APR because they're stabilizing the price to a point that it's, it, when it moves up, it's not having the degradation effect of the rebase token. So people aren't understanding it and they're arguing with me essentially and I'm trying to tell them, no, it's a completely different thing. Some people said, well, their community's toxic. Whose is it? At this point, I've called out, you listen to my show. Every, almost every coin, not all, but almost every coin has a toxic community because that's what they promote, because they go after shillers. I can't hold that against uh, Titano or Libero because they almost all do it. So at this point, I'll call it out if I see it. I didn't see that, but apparently people were getting banned for asking questions. Okay, I've invited the team to the show. If they want to come to the show, we can talk it out. But as far as what I've seen, I can't really hold that against them because ultimately I only assessed it based on its performance. Did it perform based on what they said they were going to do? That answer is yes, and they've continually done it. And I said multiple times, don't YOLO into it and make sure you take profits because we don't know if it's sustainable. That's the only border. But the rest of the stuff is like endemic to every crypto because it's part of the nature of toxic crypto from my perspective at least. I don't see that they're any different than anybody else, personal opinion. The other one was Drip. And Drip, I said, it's basically an MLM pyramid scheme. And I had responses that said, well, what isn't? It's different because, again, you, everybody's focusing on the money. We're making lots of money. Get one Drip. That's cool. But that's about the money, not about the presentation. And the, what I see is a lack of sustainability. The numbers don't make sense. The circulating supply doesn't make sense for the price movement. That means... It's very close to what Squid Game was doing, which turned out to be a rug pull. I don't know that it is or isn't. It might be legit, but when I hear people say, yeah, I just set up five different wallets. I clicked on my own pyramid. Deep, deep, deep. 
I, to me, that's house of cards. At that point, when you're admitting that you're basically gaming the system, and we know that probably the vast majority are doing that, why can I trust it? That's the problem with pyramid schemes and ones that are anonymous in nature is that I don't know who's gaming the system, who's not. Those people could just yank all their stuff out. Somebody said, well, you can't move your money. Deep, deep, deep. Okay, that's problem number two because somebody you're locking funds and somebody's able to benefit from it because I don't believe it's renounced. So now why should I trust you? Like it has so many red flags. It's not even about whether you make money. I said you could probably make money on it, but I wouldn't trust it. So if you're going to be in it, do it. Make sure you take profit. Don't lock it. You know, don't stay. And I don't know how much profit you can get unless you put five figures in. Well, most investors that I would talk to are not putting five figures into these projects. I hope not. So that's why I said I don't really trust Drip. On Boda V2, I I thought I was pretty clear on what I said, but I got some stuff got misinterpreted. Some stuff was read wrong. I think everybody missed the key point I was saying. Your website and the white paper are not accurate and clear as to what's going on. So as I'm reading it, I'm reading it based on the data you gave me. So if something is not correct, like they talked about the billboards, yes, they did a billboard thing. Cool. I said, that means it's not done. They came back and said, yeah, we did in LA. What they don't understand, and I invited them to the show because I want to talk to them about it. But what, I, what I'm saying is marketing is a strategy. It's not a task. So you can't just say, okay, put billboards, move on. No, McDonald's consistently puts billboards and they strategically place them everywhere that they know a McDonald's is going to be. Why? Because they know they can show you those freaking fries that are tasty as all get out and you're likely to pull over and get some. Even if you don't normally eat the burger, you probably get the fries and the salad. So they know that. So even though they're sitting on bags, they still do active marketing on billboards because they know it's effective. The problem with crypto is that crypto is not a visual thing. So the billboard has to do something very specific. Angie Eco has done billboards. They were not able to get any volume either because crypto is not a visual thing. That doesn't mean you don't do billboards. It means you got to rethink the messaging and you got to rethink the location. Doing an LA didn't make any sense to me, but it's a strategy. So when's the next time you're going to do billboards and where are you going to do it? And what is going to be the imagery? That's the thought process. And none of them got it. So I was trying to get them on the show so I could talk through. This is what I'm seeing in terms of your loss of value and the inability to gain it back. You're, you're treating it as a task. Don't treat it as a task. It's a strategy. And as a strategy, you got to do more than what you're doing. So I think that got misrepresented. Some stuff was incorrect about the, the swaps and NFTs. That's cool, but your site doesn't show me any of that. So how do I know that it is or isn't? And if I'm a searching person, which I'm assuming most are, I don't see it on your site. So how can I know it's done? I see that it's not done. You're saying it is done. I'm telling you that your website doesn't tell me it's done. That means you're not done. <laughs> like, that's how I think of it. Strategic, not task. And so... I'm not going to change my messaging. I just want to put out there that there's been a lot of responses to my, and a good, good dialogue. Ultimately, it means I want these guys on the show so that we can have the dialogue back and forth, so we can talk it out. If they want the smoke, the Boda team has been invited for sure. Libro's been invited for sure. So I can talk to them, and you'll hear when I give them the strategy view, it, it's going to be an aha for them, I hope. Let me go ahead and get into a quick underdog token. And let me just say that I'm mostly excited to cover this one. I say mostly not because it's bad, but just because it took me a while to really assess this one properly before I put it on the show. The name of this token is called, I'm going to pronounce it the way they did on the call that I listened to, Tarality. T-A-R-A-L-I-T-Y. Tarality. That's on the Binance Smart Chain. The site is Tarality.online. And 
I forget how I stumbled across this one. I want to say that I must have seen something on the web where I was searching and happened to see it and looked at it and it seemed like a decent something. And the call that I saw, I believe it's out there on YouTube still, they were doing an AMA on the, the token. And just to, this one's a fundamental t token, by which I mean that they're doing things that are more by the book than most of these gimmicks that you see. They're still gimmicks, but they're not as extensive as like what we see with many of the other tokens. And it seems like they do a very good job from law and order, meaning that they have a structure of what they're trying to do and an order of operations of how they're going to do it. And they've done a very good job in the documentation side, the communication side, making themselves as transparent as they possibly can be at this point. Um, there are a couple of things I'd like to see fixed, but let me just give the summary of what I interpret their business problem they're trying to solve is. If you know banking, the banking industry in general, so we're talking Check 21, we're talking debit, we're talking uh, wires, ACH, everything. The whole process, every part of it, the whole process is it's very tedious, it's very data intensive, and of course there's a lot of regulations that make it very onerous for banks to implement and manage and for consumers to use. Right now, we've streamlined the debit process a little bit and we've streamlined the ACH process a little bit. Wire's still a pain, right? And then just general bank reconciliation, the whole process is kind of a pain. And so they're, what they're trying to do is take blockchain and use it to enhance this process, enhance the security, enhance the performance, clean things up a little bit, and then add insurance over top of it. Insurance is there from through FDIC out in the United States, but it's kind of, it's picky. Certain things are insured, certain things are not. And so there's, there's a consistency in that it works, but not necessarily in an efficiency and scale. And so what they're trying to do is ambitious. I'm not going to kid you. I don't know if they'll succeed, but it's very ambitious. They're trying to make, they're trying to make some significant changes here. They're transparent about the fact that they have, in their tokenomics, they have a fund set aside for the founder, a fund set aside for strategy, a fund set aside for marketing, a fund set aside for charity, and a fund set aside for airdrops. There's a total supply of what looks like one quadrillion, I believe, and they locked up 600 trillion of it, and then they're going to burn 400 trillion of it, or I believe they should have already. They were going to do it at the beginning of the year, but I think they delayed that, but they might have already done it. And then there was an effective supply of one trillion. Now, when I looked at the effective supply, what it what they're basically saying is that the the only supply that can ever circulate because of the locked essentially the locked portion is the one trillion. That doesn't constrain the inventory because the inventory is still out there, right? Because it hasn't been burned, but it should at least entice people to buy into the token. And price movement seems to reflect that as it has been slowly going up, and that's a good thing. We do see that there's price movement in the positive direction. And again, they've done a very good job of communicating what they're doing and the plan and how they work. Uh, there is an audit that they have available. It's available directly on their site. When I looked at the audit report, two things stood out to me. First, it's a smart contract audit, which of course means it's not a functional audit about functionality, which I don't like. It's by a company called Antier Solutions, who I've never heard of. However, I was very pleased with what they went through. It's just they don't have the what I want as far as the functionality, you know, the owner, can the owner do crazy stuff and security and that kind of stuff. It's really about the code, which I want to see more of. I want to see more than just the code. I want to see more about what can the owner do, benefits the investor, inefficient use of gas, and I don't see any of that. It's more about code standard. That's not a problem. Just I think they need to have an additional audit, 
possibly from Desert Finance or Certic to complement this one because this one does not tell the investor enough of what they need to know in order to be assured that their asset is not going to be misused in the future. And then they have their paper, which they call their vision paper. Here's where another concern came up. There's all sorts of grammatical errors, typo errors. It's written in first person. I, the dreamer. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm here with the idea. Da, 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 da. Um, there's a roadmap. You can't hardly read it, so that's a problem. And it's ambitious of what they're trying to do, but it's a terrible white paper. Terrible. I know it's a vision paper, but you know if you're not going to do a white paper, an official white paper, this vision paper sucks. I'm just calling it what it is. I like the project, and I like the the cadence of the people. They seem like they're good people, and it seems like they're they're successful in what they're doing. The the paper needs work. It definitely needs work. I want to see a different audit, desert finance, or certic to understand the functional aspects of your project, and make sure that it's fair for all investors involved. Other than that, I'm cheering for them, and I think they're hopefully going to be successful as they build a very ambitious uh, plan to renovate the banking industry because it certainly needs it. That's all I got for you here today. Again, that's Terality. It's on the Binance Smart Chain. Take a look at it. See if it makes sense for you and you agree with it. I think it's a good project. Tune in tomorrow for a little bit more news and updates on the crypto world.